0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I have a, you know, it's, it's a simple message. I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but I don't know about you, but I have to be reminded about things. And have to keep things stirred up. Amen. So this morning, we're going to stir some things up. We're going to talk about, I'll just give it a title, so uh, we'll call it Temples of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk to you about how you and I are temples of the Holy Spirit. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He said, what? Verse 19, what? Everybody say, "What?" what? You can say this with an explanation point, question mark, explanation point. What? No, you not don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you which you have of God and you are not your own did you know that you you're, you're not you can't just do with your body well you can but you're not supposed to do with your body just anything you want to do with your body amen because it's the temple of the Holy Ghost now think how hard it would be to sin if you had that consciousness at all times pretty hard to sin in front of the Holy Ghost wouldn't it amen for you are bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit notice this which are God's God owns your body hallelujah and so he has a right to tell you what to do with your body Amen. Right. Your body's the temple, and the word temple is a place dedicated for worship. That's, right. That's what it is. Your your body is supposed to be used for the worship of God. Right. Hallelujah. Right. You know, worship meaning, you know, praising God like we did this morning, but worship means serving God. See, right. it's more, you know, it's not just lifting your hands and praising the Lord. Uh, every day we're supposed to be worshiping God. Yeah. We're to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Holy, acceptable. Uh, unto God. Amen. Amen. You know, praise God. You know, I, I came to church today because I'm supposed to be here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Not because I felt, you know, real full of energy today. Pastor Jerry Lincoln said, you look sleepy. Uh, he's always complimenting me. Praise the Lord. Anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, I said, well, I, you know, I was a little sleepy sitting in my room this morning, my study and all, you know, but you know, hey, my body, it, you know, it doesn't you can't let your body tell you what to do you have to tell it what to do because it'll tell you to do the wrong things it'll always say take the easy route i've never found my body wanted to fast or pray or and it doesn't want to do those things i have to make it behave amen and i have to realize it's not my body it's the temple of the holy ghost Hallelujah. So I can't just do with it what I want to do with it, you know, or what it wants to do. I, the real me, the man on the inside, wants to do what's right. But sometimes the outer man, he wants to do some things that aren't right. right. Hello. Praise the Lord. Not for that, but praise the Lord anyway. Hallelujah. In all things, I guess. But have me understand that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the great things about Christianity, when we know this and we understand it, we read our Bibles and we find this out. Uh, there's no other religion has this because all other religions are dead, but Jesus is alive, Amen. Hallelujah. And the thing about Christianity is this: is that, uh, we're, we, as far as I know, we're the only. I don't know about all the religions. I don't. I don't study the, the you know, the false religions. Some people do. That's. That, that's up to you, but. I know some things about them. I don't study about them because I, I, I already found the real thing and something fake comes along. I know it immediately because I know what the real thing is. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know what? Pastor Jerry and I, we were talking about fried chicken for the service. We were being real spiritual. You know, it'd be like him talking about something like that, wouldn't it? But anyway, <laughs> and he talk back about it. But, you know, when you've had good fried chicken, you know when it ain't, Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Randy, Randy and I had an aunt Margie, could fried chicken. Hallelujah, probably better than Paula Dean. I know that's a curse, but anyway, praise the Lord. But Margie was fantastic, and you've had good fried chicken. Let I me mean, know. You know phony stuff. Amen. You know, some of these things, you know, like chicken patties you get, and stuff like that. I don't even know what kind of meat it is in there, but it's not the real thing. I'm just saying this, that, that, you know, when you, when you, when you have the real, you know the fake. Hallelujah. Amen. And so when we got born again, what happened was the spirit of God came to live inside of us. And the King James, you know, calls him the comforter. The new King James uses the word helper because that word comforter could mean to help uh, so he came inside of us to help us. Amen. Hallelujah! Amen. And uh, what I want to talk about this morning is how we can cooperate with that and get all the help we can. Amen. How you know we, we want this kind of help. Yep. Right. This is this is the this this is the if you want to say it being that uh, was involved in creation. Amen. Isaiah, I love this passage in Isaiah. We won't look at it today, but Isaiah chapter 40 says that he took, he measured the mountains and the the hills with with a little dust in his hand. Think about that. He took a little bit of dust in his hand, what Isaiah says. He's just giving us uh, uh, something where we can grasp hold, just a little (laughs) bit about how powerful the Spirit of God is. He took a little dust in his hand and by that little bit of dust... He could figure out how much it would take to make the whole planet. said he weighed the mountains and the scales and the hills and a balance. He, he took a little bit of water in his hand. He could, ta- he could tell you exactly how much it would take to fill every river, lake, ocean, stream on the planet. I hope you're impressed. I'm impressed. IBM will never see the day. Microsoft will never see the day. Nobody will ever see the day. And, 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 then, the, and then the Bible went on and and Isaiah said, who's, who's ever taught the Spirit of the Lord anything? Who's been his counselor? That's the being that came to move inside of us. And he's inside of there. And if we learn, if we learn to depend on him, he'll be able to help us make it through life. You think he can figure your and my little deal out? Right. We can't even fix the toaster. How many know he can. Amen. Amen. He knows everything. And he's living on the inside of you and he can tell you anything you need to know. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you, when when the spirit of God, when we got born again, we got something. Well, let me say it this way. You know, I hope you understand what I meant when we got something. We got somebody, but we got something from God that if we learn to tap in it into it, it'll put us over in life. Amen. 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 Now, uh, but the Bible tells us. Now, I'm not going to preach long this morning. The Bible doesn't tell us that. I said that, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but, I, but what I'm going to share is going to be powerful with you now. Because the Bible tells us that we can grieve the Spirit. We can grieve Him. Uh, The Bible says we can quench the Spirit. How do you quench the Spirit? Well, you could quench the Spirit by saying, I don't want what you have. That's more probably what uh, Acts 7 talks about. You resist the Holy Ghost. So we can quench Him. We can... uh, Grieve him, we can resist him, and I, I'm convinced a lot of times people do it in ignorance and don't even know it. Sometimes, you know, and it's not like the, the Holy Spirit's offended easily, but we have to live our lives in a way where we're not we're not stopping the power. Right. Amen. You can stop the power from working. Yeah. Amen. So you could do things to stop. You know, the power the power company. You know they're sending power to your house, but how many? Of you, know, you could do things to stop the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, you know, maybe uh, you you plug too many things in. It, it throws the breaker. It stops the power. You you you, you broke you broke the rules, right? You 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 broke the. You know you can do things to stop the power, but uh, I don't know about you. I want the power on. I like the power. I don't like when electricity goes off at home. Doesn't go off very often now, you know, because all the wires are under the ground in our neighborhood. But you know, I've, I've lived there where you know it went off at times. I remember around here one time it was off for people for about two weeks. Anybody remember that ice storm we had? And there were people in our church that didn't have power for a week to two weeks. That's not that's not fun. Life's a lot better when the power's on, and life's a lot better when the power of the Holy Ghost is on in your life. Amen? So I want to talk about what are some of the things that we can do to, uh, you know, keep His presence strong in our life. You want to hear this? Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go there, Ephesians chapter 5. We'll just talk about, I've got four of these. We'll talk about these things that will help us keep the power on and, you know, we can always enjoy His presence and His help. Because you and I need his help. Amen. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 5, number 1, is fellowship. Yeah. Did you know, now, the Bible gives us a scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen. You can look at it later if you want to. But it says this, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Well, I think we know what the grace of Jesus Christ is, right? I think we know what the love of God is. But what is the communion of the Holy Spirit? The word communion means partnership or fellowship. So I've learned this, there, that when we fellowship with the Lord, in the different facets that that uh, has, we're actually communing with the Holy Spirit. He's the agent on earth. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, he said <clears throat> uh, that he was going away. And he said in John sixteen seven, he said, it's more profitable for you that I do go away. For if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come. But if I, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now... <laughs> you you got to think that the disciples if, without revelation would think, how could it be better for Jesus to leave? The, the reason is because he said, he said this, he said, I'm going to give you another comforter. Amen. That word another means one just like me. Amen. He'll help you just like I've helped you. But the problem was when Jesus came, I mean, he, put, he took on a body. So he can only be in one place one time. If Peter's in Capernaum and Jesus is in Jerusalem, Peter has no help from Jesus. You follow what I'm saying, see? Because he's limited by that fleshly body that he took on. But the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, He can be everywhere all the time. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, that is why He's God. You can't, you don't understand everything about God. Do you know even the Bible, the book of Romans says that which may be known of God has been manifest to us. God hadn't showed us everything. Sometimes people get down here and they get all, they go to seminary and all, and they come back and think they know everything. (coughs) Man, you're so far off base. You you don't know everything yet. Well, I've been, like I say, I've been studying. I've been studying for 40 years. I know everything. How many know? Studying God for 40 years, you know everything? I don't think so. You' still on the floor brother you still yeah. Paul called it I like what Paul said he said, I've been sent to preach ephesians he said this in chapter three the unsearchable riches of Christ what did he mean I, I haven't found the bottom of the barrel yet I've been preaching this and preaching this and preach and there's still more every time I preach there's, there's more. Yeah. Hallelujah yeah. one guy said this I, I like to think it's probably the truth he said you know there's, there's creatures that they fly around the throne 24-7, the Bible says, and they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Amen. They do that 24-7. You see, Greg got burnt out because he sang the same song three times. When he first came here, he was like, why are they singing that same song three times? He would never have never made it in the throne room. He'd have been trying to tell those living Christians, don't you know another song? God would have booted him out right away. Get that guy out of here. Right? So obviously God does not get tired of that. But one guy said this. He said, every time they fly around God, they see a new dimension of God. That's really possible because there's no end to Him. That's the being that's living inside of us. So every time we fellowship, I was going to say every time we fellowship with the Lord, uh, we're communing with the Holy Spirit. We're having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. When you open your Bible, who's going to reveal it to you? If you're going to learn anything, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Right? right? See, if you'll just ask the Holy Spirit, see, sometimes we, 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 it's okay to learn off teachers. God put teachers in the body of Christ for us to learn from, you know. But even at that, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He's the teacher. And if you'll ask him, how me know he knows what it means, Right? And the the scripture, if you want to say it this way, it's pregnant with revelation. In other words, you read you read a verse, you may learn something out of it but there's more to learn out of that verse than what you got. If it came from God, the Bible says, Jesus, my words are spirit and life. You know the thing about a spirit (laughs) is the spirit lives on forever. See, that's why, you know, that's why when a person dies. They don't cease to exist; just their body ceases for now, because their spirit, soul, and body—a spirit never dies. That's why you either go to heaven or you go to hell. Right. But you're not just—you don't not—you're not just floating around somewhere, and you're not just not—you don't cease to exist uh, because the spirit spirits never die. That's that's, what's, that's one of the definitions of a spirit. It's something that doesn't cease to exist. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, why did I get off on that? Who was paying attention? Well, anyway, um, well, I was talking about fellowshiping with the Holy Spirit, right? And, and any time, and I was talking about the Word, any time we read the Word, it's the Spirit of God. If you're going to learn anything, which you may not learn anything, but if you get Him involved, you will learn something. Amen. You'll learn. He'll teach you. He'll open things up to you. Yes. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 5 because I want to show you something here that the Bible, it just, direct, it just speaks directly to this uh, fellowshipping with, and, and, and with the Spirit here. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, "...and, and be not drunk with wine..." Wherein is excess, or some translations say dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, that word excess, or some, like I said, I think the New King James uses the word, what word does it use? Dissipation. dissipation. The word dissipation means to be waste, to waste, to waste. So, all of you 60s and 70s, you know, chicks and guys, when we said we're gonna get wasted, we were scriptural. <laughs> we were about to waste ourselves. But Paul said, don't get wasted on wine. Right. Right. Amen. Right. Yeah. But get wasted on the Spirit. Amen. Actually, that's probably not the correct way to say it, but I like. To, I just wanted to say it that way. Be filled with the Spirit. Because, you know, you get, you get filled with the Spirit, it won't waste your life. Let me know that. It won't waste your life. So he said, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Well, people like, say, well, I, I, got, I got filled with the Spirit when I was born again. Well, wait a minute. Uh, if that was all, always it, why is he saying be filled with the Spirit to born-again people? No, there's more. Amen. So I think, well, I forget who it was. It might have been John Wesley. Someone said, why do you testify to so many infillings of the Spirit? Because he would testify, you know, I received a fresh infilling of the Spirit and so forth. Somebody said, why do you do that? He said, because I leak. We are, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. Some of us have cracked pots. Amen. How I many know we all leak? Life can cause leaks. Some people say, well, I don't leak. Well, if you, you have to stay full of the Spirit, just like you have to keep your mind renewed. Why do you have to keep your mind renewed? Because there's things, there's forces out there trying to conform you. And you have to keep your mind renewed. Amen. There's a lot of Christians that their minds are being conformed now. They used to be renewed to the Word, and now they've let the world conform them because of pressure. Because we got called names. (coughs) You know what? You've got to make up your mind whether you're going to serve Jesus Christ or you're going to serve the world. You've got to make up your mind. But you can't do both. Amen. Come on, are you with me now? To, to try to serve the world, the Bible says, is to be an, in, an, an enemy of God. I'm not, I'm, not changing my, I'm not changing my beliefs from the Bible just so you'll like me. Well, people like it. Pastor, if you didn't preach about sin, people you'd have more people in your church. I, I don't want those people. Why would I want that mess? I don't want Jesus to have to come in and run, run out with a whip, cleanse the temple. It's like Dr. Barkley told Jesus one time, I'll keep the temple cleansed. Don't worry about it. You won't have to come here and do it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I like what he said one time, a guy, guy that, you know, was seeker-friendly church. It just, you know, didn't believe in confronting anything, teaching on anything, tithing or anything, you know. The guy had a big church, but he got a church full of people that were just not living right. They were living in sexual immoral sin. They were, they were dealing drugs in the bathroom in the church. Now, how long do you think that would last at Oasis Church? Hopefully not long before somebody would tell us. And then we'd clean that up. They, he, yeah, and, and he had all kinds of things. He had all kinds of bad stuff going on in his church. So he calls Dr. Barkley, can you come and help me? Help me clean this up. And Dr. Barkley said, no, I can't do it. He said, because if I did it, I'd have to run off half your people. And then you tell everybody, to run your people off. Well, have you know, I'd rather have people that are hungry for God. Amen. Amen, Amen. Than compromisers. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, thank God for people that come in, they got mess in their life, and, but they're hungry for God and they want to get cleaned up. I understand yeah. that. Amen. Right? Yeah. And I understand people that are Christians that have issues in their life that they're trying to get rid of and they keep having problems. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep fighting, praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't understand people that want to lower the standards. Right. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you lower the standards, you got a problem yeah. Yeah. because the devil's coming in. Now, notice this, verse 18, be not drunk with wine, everybody, listen, don't be (laughs) drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he tells us one of the ways we can be filled with the Spirit. This isn't the only way, but it's one of the ways, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to who? See, to the Lord, right? Uh, Giving thanks, how often? How often? Always Always is always, right? Always for all things. Notice this. For all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So one of the ways we stay or keep the Holy Spirit's presence strong in our life is by fellowshipping with the Lord. We have to create an environment for Him to move in. Right? Right? See, uh, the Bible tells us in Psalm 100, it says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. Doesn't say that? Yes. Come before His presence with complaining, no. with singing, yes. right? Yes. Now, I want to say, see, I learned something about those verses. Now, how me know, all of us, all of us at times, we need God to... The Bible says he's the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies, right? Right. And the Bible says, Paul said he he comforts the downcast. How many know? There's times we get downcast, right? But God doesn't want us to live that way. Why? Because he he wants us see. I don't know, maybe you can understand plain English. God doesn't want any gripey gut in His presence. Y'all get that? I mean, are you country enough to understand that? He, he, he wants people that come before His presence with singing. Yes. Hallelujah. Every time I come before... <coughs> well, let's not say every time. Maybe that might not be true, but, probably, but as far as I know. <coughs> every time I come before God in prayer, I always come with thanksgiving first. Because that's how He said to enter His gates and enter His courts with thanksgiving. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. Hallelujah! And His mercy is everlasting. I still need His mercy. So... One of the ways now, one of the ways that we stay full of, of God's the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, we have His presence in our life, is by fellowshipping with the Lord. And one thing is to try to remember during the day, to do what Paul said here, to sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. To the Lord. To the Lord. Not to the church, to the Lord. See, when the team gets up here, this is one of the problems I have this is just me, and no, that's not just me, it's, it's, it's a real problem, is that we have to watch, and ours, ours doesn't, our praise team, about say something about praise team, our praise team does a fantastic job. They get, they, they're great. I get compliments from guest ministers, and I've even had some, can I take them? Well, if you want to die, you can, but, well, you know, it's not how much you value your life, but... But see, I, I'm, as a minister, I, I get to the, the privilege, may I could say, to go to a lot of different churches. And I notice the big difference whether God's going to show up or whether we're just going to have some pretty good music that's pretty loud, that's pretty alive, but there's, there's not much God on it. Come on. I've learned a difference. It depends on who they're singing to. That's right. That's right. If they're singing to the congregation and it's a concert to impress us, we got a concert. Nothing wrong with a concert, but advertise it as a concert. Don't advertise it as a praise and worship service. But if they're singing to the Lord, He's going to show up. Hallelujah. I love it. When He shows up, praise God. And they, you know, say, well, they don't do my favorite song. Mark's favorite song. What's your favorite song, Mark? One One Way Jesus. If Mark was in charge, they'd do One Way Jesus every service. And after about 350 times, most of us will be going, oh, come on. That's a great song, Mark, but come on. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus, and he's right. And it's a good song, too, by the way. That's Mark. He wants them to do it every service. One way, Jesus. But, uh, and it's a good song. But have me you know, it, it's, not about, it's not about how talented we are. Talent's great. We've got talent. Thank God for it. But that's not what it's about. It's about how consecrated we are. Are we consecrated to the Lord? Are we singing to the Lord? Are we worshipers ourselves? Are we just performers? Amen. Now, you know, when you're younger, performance means everything to you. You know, but you get a little older, it's like, I don't need that any longer. It's like restaurants with ambience. When, you know, when you're younger, ambience mean, maybe means something. You no, know, you're you're young. You're, it still impresses you. Oh my gosh, look at the fireplace. Look at the, look at the marble floor. Look, at, man, I want to look at the steak. <laughs> I didn't come here to eat the fireplace, the marble floors, or the chairs. I want the steak. And if the steak's good in the dump, the hole in the wall, listen, I'm fine. Now, I have been to a few restaurants that it was just way too far below my standards to stay there and eat. Well, actually, the last one we went to, we said, we'll never go back there again. Food was good, but man, the floor was just too greasy for me. Amen. Now, let's, let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Come on, are you getting anything today? I said I wasn't going long and I hadn't even made it off one yet. Hebrews 13, go there. Number two is you've got to acknowledge Him by faith. How many know we don't see the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, John chapter 3, he told Nicodemus said, He's like the wind. He's like the wind. Well, you know, sometimes we'll say, I see the wind blowing. Well, we don't really. We see the effects of it. You, You can't see the wind. You don't see the Holy Spirit. So, how many know the Bible says? This about faith, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if we're going to deal with unseen things, we have to deal with them with the faith in the faith realm. See, And so Paul even said it to the church at Galatia. He said, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He that ministers the Spirit to you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Well, the obvious answer, he did it by faith. So the Holy Spirit's ministry operates by faith. So the more we recognize Him by faith and acknowledge Him by faith, His presence in our life, then it would seem to me the more He's going to be able to operate. See, when the Bible talks about, like we, we use the word communion, uh, you know we don't pray to the Holy Spirit, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. I don't pray to Pastor Chuck, but I talk to him. See what I'm saying? See, sometimes I'll say to the Holy Spirit, help me, help me with this, help me figure this out, help me find this. Yeah. You know, if 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 that fails, then I ask Phyllis. <laughs> I'm not making this up. When we were moved to our, our house, which we've been there now for seven years, which is a record for us, it's going on eight, so. This is like a record for us. Uh, I couldn't find the sugar for four months. For four months. And I I always take a little sugar, a teaspoon of sugar in my coffee. Without that, I don't drink it. Phyllis says I don't like coffee. I like cream and sugar. But I don't drink without a little sugar in it. So I always take a teaspoon of sugar. And so in my coffee, my little jar of sugar would get low and then she'd fill it up. And then it'd get low, and she'd fill it up. Well, one day, she wasn't there to fill it up. <laughs> and I can't find the sugar. I've looked all over the place. And then so I call her, where is the sugar at? And she tells me, and I've been passing it by. I've been reaching over top of it for four months. <laughs> is that a guy thing or what? That if, you weren't really, if that wasn't what you are looking for, you didn't see anything else. All you got on your mind is what you're looking for. And when it came serious time, I have to find the sugar. I can't find the sugar. And I had been passing it for four months every day, reaching into the pantry, and there it was. Well, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. Uh, He will guide us into all the truth. He will direct us, but we have to acknowledge His ministry. Amen, we have to now I want you to look at this scripture, go here to Hebrews chapter thirteen, go there. Verse number five, he said, "Let your conversation be without covetous, be content with such things as you have, for he have said,I will ne- he hath said ever say he said. he said, what did he say? <laughs> I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, I love this now now listen to this." <clears throat> He has said, everybody say, he has said, yes, I, can say. I can say. See, that's what he said. He has said so that we may boldly say, all right, not just say it, but boldly say it. We may boldly say, the Lord is my what, my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Well, who's the helper? The Holy Spirit's the helper, Right. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So, th- what what is he saying? Well, I'm saying I'm saying this. Look, you have to you need to vocally acknowledge the spirit of God, His ministry, His presence. Amen. Amen. If you'll do that in your life, it'll become more real to you. How I many know what you confess becomes more real to you? Amen. How you have to you have to you have to keep that relationship alive. Are you following me now? All right, let me go, because I wanted to move on here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me give you the third thing. And the third thing um, is holy living. Thank you for your enthusiasm. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Everybody say holy living. Holy living. Now, how I many know, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? The Holy spirit what's he called holy. he's called holy wonder why he's called holy cause he's holy wonder what he likes to hang around holy people who wrote the bible holy men of God what like Peter said they were moved by the holy spirit I was reading through the book of Daniel one time. I think it was this year. I was reading through the book of Daniel again. And as I was reading through it, I noticed that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, when he talked about Daniel, he would say, uh, the, the spirit of the holy gods is in him. Matter of fact, about three or four times in Daniel, in referring to Daniel, it says, the spirit of the holy gods is in him. And it hit me. That king saw the difference. See, a lot of these false gods, they're immoral. You know, you have some of these temples and some of these places, they're immoral. I mean, they, they're, they're the, their worship's immoral. I won't even go into it, but it's immoral. But our God is holy, and that king saw the difference. And he said, man, this, these guys that have this God in them, they're holy. They live right. Hallelujah. How many know it still matters? It still matters to God. Amen. Now, I know, you know, we have a lot of teaching on grace today, and we're saved by grace and so forth and all that. Yeah, you're saved by grace. There's nothing you could do to earn your salvation. But after you get saved, there is a way you're supposed to live. Well, we're not under the Ten Commandments. Well, tell your wife that. See what she does if you commit adultery. She'll still, she'll still hold you to it, I'll guarantee you. We'll have some place to go this week, your funeral. Right? I mean, you can't even tell the government that. Just cheat on your taxes and say, I'm not under the Ten Commandments any longer. I can lie. Isn't it amazing? They want to throw them out, but then they want you to live by them. Right? What if you kill somebody? You tell the judge, I'm not under the Ten Commandments any longer. I'm under grace. I mean, they're not going to buy that. Because whether they, whether, you know, whether they know it or not, those Ten Commandments, man, they, without them, we don't have any morality. Right. No, the Ten Commandments and the other New, New Testament, the Ten Commandments aren't your road; they aren't your roadmap to salvation. No. Amen. Faith in Jesus is your roadmap to salvation, Amen. but they still are your moral compass. Of how God wants you to govern your life. And if you don't govern your life by his commandments, the devil will get a hold of your life. Amen. Now, look at this in 2 Corinthians. Come on, act like you're getting something whether you are or not. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, go to verse 14. The Bible says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now he didn't say, he didn't say. Don't have anything to do with unbelievers. No, we're supposed to win unbelievers to the Lord. Right? He didn't say isolate yourself from him. He said insulate yourself from them. Right? Uh, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? I mean, none. What communion has light with darkness? What concord or agreement has Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believes with an infidel or unbeliever? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty." Having there, verse 1 of chapter 7, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That sounds like we're still supposed to keep ourselves clean. Doesn't it to you? And I don't understand. You know, I heard, this is a few years back, someone told me, said, this preacher bragged, minister, pastor, because he's free, He's free from the law. He's not religious. That's what they always say. They always throw these <coughs> words around, these things that, you know, cliches. I'm free from the law. I'm not religious. I'm not like... He, he said, I prepare all my sermons in, all my sermons in the bar. I go to the bar and prepare my sermons. I thought, well, why would you want to go to that environment to hear from God? Now I heard from God in the bar one time when I was a sinner, but He was after me to get me out of the bar. Actually, He really wanted me to get me out of the kingdom of darkness. Then I'd leave the bar. <laughs> well, He actually spoke to me one time in the bar and told me. And what He said came to pass, just like He said. Amen. Amen. I don't know whether it was audible or not. I had somebody next to me, and behind me. They didn't act like they heard it, but I heard it like it was audible. Yeah. But anyway, He said, I'm I prepare my sermons in the bar. I've I noted it right then. I said it won't be long. That guy's in trouble, because what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What what communion has light with darkness? Darkness is going to get this guy. And then I just like this year heard you know he had an affair on his wife and was out of the ministry and everything else. Well, why? Because that's the environment you're hanging around. The Holy Spirit wants a clean environment. How many know that? He's the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, that if we mess up, he's done with us. No, no he knows we're still flesh. He's still helping us. But it's a hard thing. You, you hear what I'm saying? You, if your heart, why would a guy with a right heart want to get his... Why would a pastor want to go to a bar to get his messages if he wasn't after something else? There's something wrong in that heart. Why wouldn't he want to be in, the, be in a holy place in, in the presence of God? be in a study that's dedicated to God. Why would he want to go to the bar? You're after something else, brother. You might fool some people, but he's not fooling me. And evidently, he found it there or somewhere because he cheated on his wife. Wow. Now he's out of the ministry. Not judging him, didn't name him, so I'm not insulting anybody or slandering anybody. I'm just saying we've got to wake up. Yes. Go to one last scripture. Come on, tell me. Did you get something today? Yes. Do you want the Holy Spirit strong in your life? Yes. I do. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13, and I'll close with this one. This was kind of a long one. So... Uh, If you want to write it down, you can. You can get the CD or go to the website or whatever later. But number four is we keep His presence strong in our life, listen now, by association with right people, places, and things. Christians need to know that spirits can be transferred. You go to wrong places and hang out at wrong places, And you fellowship there, you're liable to get something on you you don't want. Amen. So we have to make sure that our fellowship is with right. Everybody say right people, right places, places. right right things. Now we try to help wrong people, but we don't fellowship with wrong people. I've seen this many times in the church that people disgruntled people, somebody will be hanging around somebody that's disgruntled in the church and it's not long that they're there. disgruntled then they're off and they're in a mess because they're hanging around the wrong people. You, you can pray for those people, but don't hang with them. Right. Amen. Right. Now, look at this in Numbers chapter 33 verse 50. It's, it says this, Numbers 33. Did I tell you that? I hear a lot of pages. Numbers 33. Are you there? Verse 50. The Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, verse 51, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when you are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. You shall destroy, the King James says, their pictures. Some say they're uh, engraven stones. That's where they put their pictures on, but these were immoral pictures. You understand? Playboy. You got it? And destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down their high places. Places. The Places where they worship. What's God saying? He said, get rid of the wrong people, get rid of the wrong places, and get rid of the wrong things when you come into this land. Get those out of there. He went on to say, verse 53, you shall possess the inhabitants, uh, dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I've given you the land to possess it. And you shall divide the land for a lot by inheritance among your families. And to the more you'll give more inheritance, to the less you'll give less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth. According to the tribes of your fathers, uh, you shall inherit. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which you let remain shall be pricks in your eyes, thorns in your sides, and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. Moreover, it shall come to pass that that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. In other words, what happens to them be the same thing happens to you. <clears throat> we have to be sure we don't hang around wrong people, wrong places, and wrong things. Amen. Now you have to, you know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not anybody's judge. I'm not judging anybody, but I would just say I watch what I movies I watched. You have got to watch this stuff. Stuff gets on you. Amen. That you can open doors to the especially, especially when you know better. Amen. But you have to watch people, places, and things. In other words, don't, don't hang with people. I didn't say don't try to win people, but don't hang with, don't fellowship with people that are wrong. You, you witness to people that are wrong. Don't Don't hang. Don't hang around wrong places. Don't. Listen, don't have wrong things in your house. Right. Amen. Don't do that. Don't allow that. Now, you know I know everybody's going to do what they want to do, but I'm preaching, so I get to say what I want to say. Right. Last time I checked, I'm still pastor. And as long as that's that way, I'm going to say what I want to say. S- some people need to watch what they're watching. Come on now. <coughs> so you got to watch it. doesn't go over the line here. Amen and uh, and so forth amen and, and 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 the things that we we allow you know there, there's Christians now think well you know the Playboy magazine's nothing wrong with it that's just that's just God created women yeah he also told them wear clothes he also told them cover their nakedness see people my wife's looking at me kind of funny like you've got to be you gotta be kidding no honey I'm not, I'm not kidding <laughs> They're goofy Christians, carnal Christians, backslid Christians. But the Spirit of God is grieved in their lives. I want His power in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, people, uh, well, you just got to be watchful you don't compromise. Amen. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, and th- think about this. The Bible tells us in Corinthians, it says, e- evil company corrupts good moral habits. It corrupts them. So. Right? Don't, don't hang around the church gossip. Amen. Don't hang around, amen. All those people, you know, that bad mouth God, His house, get them saved, but don't hang with them. Right. amen. Amen. Well, Jesus went into the house of of uh, to eat with sin. He sure did, and he had a purpose for going in there. Amen. He went in there to get them all saved. I've got an autobiography by a. a, a an old Assembly of God preacher. This was—I'm talking about—go years back when they rode horses, you know, uh, for transportation. And he rode his horse to go preach and hold crusades. And he, the, and you know, it wasn't in those days. It wasn't like today. I mean, you know, you travel down the highway, you're going to run into hotel for a long, you know. But in those days, there's few and far places to sleep. And so he—he he said they said about him. He said one day, one night he was going to a place to preach. And, and in those days, they had they had like hotel rooms over the honky tonk. Anybody? Well, Kenny's not here, so there's no one old enough to remember that. But if he were here, he could say it. Yeah, I remember that. But um, but you know, the, the, how many how many watched westerns? You know, that's the way it was. Yeah. That, that that was real life. That's the way it was. You know, it's, even out there, some of the, some of those places out in some. I mean, I, I was out in uh, some places out in the west. And some of those places, when it says, get gas here, you better pay attention. I found out they're serious. Next gas is 50 miles away. And so it's like, take it serious. And so he he had to stop overnight. And it was one of those honky-tonk places. And they were having, they had, uh, you know, rooms upstairs. And he said, uh, he went in, you know, signed his name, you know, got him a room. And the little lady, she's just, you know, she's just, she doesn't know. She's not born again. You know, sinners sin because they're sinners, right? right? Don't judge them. Preach to them. Right. Yeah, preach to them. And, and he said, she said to him, said, now we're having a dance tonight. Are you coming? He said, no. And then he heard, then he heard the Holy Ghost say, go. Wow. He said, well, yeah, what time does it start? She said, 8 o'clock. He said, so he said, I stayed up in my room. He said, I heard the music going, heard him down there dancing. He said, I went down and I walked down and this young lady came up to me and she, you know, uh, curtsied to me like, you want to dance? And he said, sure. He grabbed her hand and said, now, wait a minute. I don't do anything till I pray. So he started praying real loud. God save these heathen. (laughs) He began to pray. This is Peter Cartwright's name. You can check him out online if you want to. Uh, He he began to pray. And he said, as he's praying, the power of God hit. And he said, all of a sudden, he heard them hitting the floor. Power of God came to hit the floor. Hallelujah. He said, next thing you know, that little lady let go of his hand, she hit the floor. Power of God hit her. They all got born again. Praise God. Now, if you can do that, then you go ahead and go. Yes. Well, that better be the reason why you do that. You better have some results. Amen. Amen. It's like somebody came up to me, a Christian, I, after service one time, I was preaching at this church and said, God's called us to play in the bars. I said, How many people you got saved? None. I said, I don't think he called you. Come on, that's good. He called you to have some fruit. I think you just want to play in the bars and be in dark dives. Something's wrong with you. You need to get on fire for God. Everybody stand up. Praise God. Come up, Jill. Before we really get to preaching and tell them what we think. Amen. Now, what about, what about the other side of that? Hanging out with, you know, we kind of talk negative, and I, I didn't mean to spend my time on the negative. What about hanging out in good places, with good people, with good things? That anointing will get off on you. I many remember Elijah and Elisha in the Bible. Remember them? When uh, when it came time for Elijah to go to heaven, he 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 told Elisha. He said, uh, "Terry here, I'm going here. You Terry here." He said, "As the Lord, as the Lord lives, I will not leave you." Then he went on to uh, uh, Jericho. And he said, as the Lord lives, he said, said, "Uh, you stay here. I'm going to Jericho. He said, no, as the Lord, Elisha told Elijah, as the Lord lives, I'm not going to leave you. And he tried it again. He said, I'm going to Jordan. You stay here. He said, no, as the Lord lives, I will not, uh, I will not leave you. It came time for Elijah to be caught up by a whirlwind into heaven. And he asked Elisha, he said, what do you want from me before I'm taken? He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. I love this because the Lord spoke to me about this one time years ago. He said, you've asked a hard thing. The Lord said to me, he said, when's the last time you asked a hard thing? You ask a hard thing. He said, nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so. Well, I mean, if, he'd a, if he hadn't been closely following after Elijah, he wouldn't have been there. Because three times he got tested. He said, no, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving. And Elijah, Elijah finds him. Well, if you see me when I'm taken, you can have it. And he saw him. And he got the double portion of the Spirit of God. He got something good. Hallelujah. So you can get something good, praise God. That's why we come to the house of the Lord for divine impartations. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com.